This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Shut up and sit down. It's our weekly hockey podcast on Breakfast with Ben's here at Trib Live, the Fans First Network with Brian Metzer of the Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. Metz joins us weekly to talk about the latest going on with the Penguins, and you can hear him during broadcasts on 105.9 The X, intermission post-game Pens Live Weekly on Saturday. Mets, last time we spoke, it was lots of gloom and doom as the Penguins were heading out to the West Coast. They swept through California. They beat Buffalo. Boy, playing against the Sharks sure will turn a lot of things around, I guess. <laughs> I would say so, Tim. The Penguins well, unless you're Edmonton, against- of course. Well, yeah, or the Philadelphia Flyers, yeah. which I love. Back-to-back wins for the Sharks, and then they got right back on track with with more lo- more losing. But yeah, the Penguins put up a 10 spot against them, which was very reminiscent of the days when probably you and I were, were young bucks watching the Sharks come into the league and get massacred by Mario Lemieux and company at the Cow Palace. That's exactly what this felt like. They just were scoring and scoring and scoring some more. The funniest part of it all, Sidney Crosby comes away with one point in the game, which was a bit of a head scratcher. But yeah, they 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 got jump started. But I think the biggest takeaway from that game, and I'll be curious to see if you agree, was the emergence of a true fourth line for the team with the addition of Vinny Hinnestroza. I thought that that line looked like it was energized much the same way that the third line was with the addition of Redeem Zahorna. And now you kind of have four good lines that Sully seems to be comfortable with rolling. And it was evident in the next few games, even though Hinnestrosa came out against the Kings due to some cap implications. Well, his presence certainly has been a storyline, to your point. I echo that and also say much better goaltending since we last spoke, too. Yeah, and I think a big part of that, first of all, is the goaltender himself or the goaltenders themselves. But beyond that, the team looks to be a little bit more structured there's not a lot of the really bad decision making with the defense activating in wrong moments there's not too much pinching going on there's not a whole lot of high risk passes for whatever reason they went out west and tightened things up and did seem to build some structure into their game which has helped Tristan Jari it helped Magnus Helberg the give him Helberg we could call him as the Penguins did on their Twitter <laughs> um, but it was it was really a, a refreshing turn of events to see the way that they seem to be a little bit more locked in on the defensive side of the puck even though they're still going to be the wide open Pittsburgh Penguins they scored some goals they picked up two more shutouts Tristan Jari now I mean since he called himself out after the Anaheim game has been absolutely lights out so good for him Hopefully that continues, and I I think that, to your point, I mean, the goaltending certainly played a huge role in the success of this four-game winning streak, but I think it it was aided a little bit by a little bit more defensive structure, even though it's not like they have become the 2000-2001 New Jersey Devils. Now tonight, they get the Columbus Blue Jackets on the road. The Blue Jackets, of course, have Adam Fantilli, the uh, highly touted 
player coming out of Michigan, the Hobie winner. He's got nine points in 15 games. Jenner's got nine points, seven goals in 15 games. Johnny Gaudreau can't really get it going, though. Six points in 15 games, just one goal so far for him. Yeah, he's having a rough go of it, and it seems like he had himself in their coach's doghouse a little bit over the last week or two. Um, You know, he was benched for, I believe, a a big portion of the third period a couple games ago, and he pretty much called him out and said that, you know, he's got to play, you know, he's got to go out and and play the game the way we want them to, to, if he wants to be successful and be a part of this. But to see a guy who just two seasons now ago put up 100-plus points with the Calgary Flames, wallowing along at six points in 15, that's a, a bit of an eyebrow raiser for me. And the fact that Fantilli is kind of, you know, he looks like he's settling in as a potential leader on that team with Boone Jenner and a couple of these other young bucks that they have. Jack Roselvick will be out tonight, though. I just saw some news before we got going here today, Tim. Looks like four to six weeks with an injury. So he is a penguin killer. It seems like he always gets his looks against them. So that's good news to not have him in the lineup when the Penguins take the ice against Columbus. And maybe on the other end of that, Jake Gensel looks like he heated up a little bit with um, some play over the last week, and and he loves to feast on Columbus. So maybe he gets it going tonight against them. How about Eric Goodbranson? Almost 20 minutes of ice time per game, and he's got six points so far. He almost has become, well, it, it was funny last year or the year before when he got run out of town, essentially. And then people were like, you know, they should trade for Good Branson. He'd be a great <laughs> fit here. <laughs> I'm like, you had Good Branson and hated him. Uh, one thing, a uh, hidden stat on Eric Good Branson, Tim, big hardcore and metal fan. I think um, I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. Maybe not Eric Christensen cool. level, but close. Yeah, which is kind of a cool thing. Sean Rourke from NHL.com shared that nugget with me because he had <clears throat> he had some conversations with him and he actually appeared on the podcast that Rourke used to do with Brian Slagle, the president and founder of Metal Blade Records, and they had some good metal conversation. But yeah, it's it's he's been largely successful in the league since he left Pittsburgh, which you know, he he never really lived up to his draft position. He was a first rounder way back in like 2010, I believe it was, because I remember meeting him at the um, Stanley Cup final in Philadelphia when I happened to be up there covering it. And they always parade through the prospects. And he was actually a really nice young, young guy. I enjoyed talking with him. And he even recognized me on the bus after and was like, hey, thanks for chatting earlier. I'm like, hey, no problem, brother. But he didn't remember me when he came back to Pittsburgh. So take, <laughs> take from that what you will. But he, um, he, he's been a good physical presence still. He seems like he is more maneuverable on the ice. He skates probably better than he did when he was a Penguin. At least he didn't look like he fit into Mike Sullivan's system all that well. But he's, he's playing big minutes there, as you just pointed to. And I think that's kind of what he's brought to teams over the last couple seasons since he's left the Penguins. Uh, it seems like he has been a, a minute muncher and a, a more of a valuable asset. So we'll see if he tries to light up a couple of his former teammates tonight because he's still known for those big hits from time to time. Well, in the Metro, they've lost five in a row. They're in last place with 12 points. The Islanders have lost five in a row. They're uh, second from the bottom with 13 points. Then it's the Penguins with 14 who have just gotten above 500 at seven and six, having won four in a row. I mean, overall in the Metro Mets, it's the Rangers on top with 23 points, just two regulation losses to this point in 14 games played. And then the next seven teams are really compact. In fact, those next seven teams are only separated by six points from second to last. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very, very much a 
uh, going to be a dogfight, I think, for the top three spots. I do find it intriguing. Uh, at least you mentioned the Rangers. When I was talking with, with Paul Steigerwald on our postgame show the other day and maybe even our Saturday morning show, he was making the point, kind of like we just did here, that the Penguins aren't that far removed from getting into it. But nobody, when you hear people in Pittsburgh talk about the, the division, they're always like, they're just two points out of the top spots. Well, you know, that's discounting the fact that they're way behind the New York Rangers at this point. No one mentions where the Rangers are, so I was glad to hear you say that, uh, that they are, you know, head and shoulders right now cruising along at the top of the Metro. But to the point you made, it is so tight. Penguins, if they win a couple more, will be right back up, probably in playoff position. And they're only two points removed from a wild card spot at this point as well. So for all of the doom and gloom of the first two weeks or three weeks of the season, they have done enough just with a four-game winning streak to right the ship enough with everybody else doing badly enough around them that they've been able to maintain pace and, and kind of just stay right with the, the dogs in their division, which is probably a good thing for them because we know that inevitably the Penguins are going to hit some period here where they rip off, and I mentioned this to you last week, where they rip off 13 of 15 or or you know 13 of 17 where they just have one of those crazy winning streaks and pick up a ton of points that really kind of solidifies them and then they can be average the rest of the way and, and squeak into the playoffs, which it looks like they might be able to do. As of a game ago, and I didn't do the new math on this, the Penguins started their road trip needing to play at a 6-10 clip the rest of the season to get to 95 points, which is the perceived cutoff for the Eastern Conference playoff positioning. As of the Kings victory, I believe they brought that down to about a 537, give or take. So, well, it actually was a little higher than that. It was like um, almost 580. But we'll see how they how they do here. If they continue to win some games, they'll make their lives a lot easier moving forward because they had dug a pretty deep hole for themselves. Yeah, three of the next four games after, well, I take that back, the next three games, including Columbus tonight, divisional foes. Then they get Vegas at home on Sunday the 19th. The Rangers for the traditional Wednesday night before Thanksgiving game at PPG Paints Arena and Buffalo again on Thanksgiving weekend, this time on the road the day after Thanksgiving. So, yeah, Mets, I mean, you see that many divisional foes, four out of five between now and the holiday. Uh, that, to me, indicates if there is going to be a looming winning streak like you're sort of suggesting, turn it on now and do it against divisional teams. Yeah, I get the, the four-point swings. You know what's, what's kind of insane is, that over the next week and a half, essentially, they're playing seven games. So, I mean, it's, you know, you just rattled them off up through Friday and Saturday right after Thanksgiving. I mean, this is going to be a very busy two-week stretch. You hope nobody gets injured. You hope that they can get the proper rest. There's a couple road games sprinkled in with home games. There's really nothing in a row. I mean, you're you're on the road tonight. You're home. You're on the road. You're home for two. On the road for one. Back home against Toronto on Saturday the 25th. Then you go on a two-gamer out of town to Nashville and Tampa. So I feel like it's a bit disjointed in terms of the way they built that. And that's going to be a little bit of a tough thing for all the guys' bodies involved. When you talk about the Penguins being the older team and one of the oldest, if not the oldest team in the league, all of that's going to take its toll. So that said, I was thrilled to look up and down at their, their leaders today when you look at the squad. How often are we sitting here saying that you got four players playing at a point per game or better clip on the season? You have a number of others just right under with Rust and, and Riley Smith at 0.92 points a game. So those guys are carrying the load offensively. If they keep playing the defensive style and to get the goaltending that they just got, 
over this span of these four games. I think they will be in a decent spot, though, to weather this ugly seven-game stretch over the next two weeks. Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. Before we go, Metz, what'd you think of the news coming out last week about Yarmir Yager getting his jersey retired on February the 18th? I, I really like it. I think that they did a nice job of mending fences with him over the last couple of years. And Yags, when he came to town this spring, it seemed as if he had, I know I don't know if he's been enlightened a little bit in terms of his career or if he's retrospective because he's aging but he really seems to have embraced Pittsburgh again. And he has a soft spot for Pittsburgh. He's, he's mentioned that uh, a couple different times now, but he spent, you know, upwards of what seemed like a month in the city when he was here for a signing in May and he was bouncing around. He was at the practice facility. Kevin Acklin brought him around at the arena. They had a big tour there and, and uh, we had him on Penguins live weekly on Sunday morning to talk about it. And he said, the old two niner kind of grease the wheels on this a little bit. I'm not sure if you heard the story, but I I asked Borky about it. Then he went over, they had a, it was during the bye week I think two years ago, he was in Europe with his wife, uh, then girlfriend, now wife. And they were kind of bouncing around a little bit and they weren't far from, from Cladno. And so he said, I'm going to text Yags and see if he's around. If he is, we can stop by and see him. And he did. And, and, and Yags was happy to hang out with Borky for a little bit. And they started talking about things. And he said, hey, you know, what do you think about maybe someday coming in, getting the jersey raised? And he seemed open to it. So he planted the seed in Kevin Acklin's ear and in Tom McMillan at the time, too. And they got the ball rolling on it. And lo and behold, it's happening. And I, I just for me, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, Tim. I mean, we're of an age that we watched his entire career here in Pittsburgh, whereas some folks younger than us really remember him probably not as a Penguin. But to see all of the things he did, essentially from the moment he arrived, but especially his second season on, he was by far the best European player that we'd ever seen here in Pittsburgh at that point, and probably in National Hockey League history for the skill level, level that he showed and, and the, the highlight reel goals, everything he was able to accomplish with scoring titles and the MVP, etc. A great yin yin to the yang that was Mario Lemieux at the time, and then to carry the load while Mario was out. That was just awesome to, to see that. It sucked the way that he left. I wasn't thrilled with that looking back, but now I think it's the right time. Bring him back, have him embrace the city, embrace everything. The fan base seems like they're ready to embrace Yarmir Yager again, and I think it's going to be a great moment on February 18th. Mets, thanks. Appreciate it. We'll do it again next week, and uh, I expect everyone in attendance on the 18th to be wearing mullets. Uh, In fact, I'm going to start growing out mine right now. They better fly those Yager guys in. Uh, oh, I expect the them to be the pre- the presenting folks on the ice. Uh, I think they'll yeah, be the they, ones. Yeah, they have got to be there. They have got to be there. Every team represented, uh, but especially, you know, I want to have a couple different versions of the Penguins jersey. One thing, yes. did you notice? Penn's gear immediately has Yager jerseys on sale. First time ever since he left, you can buy Yager merch at Penn's gear and uh, start printing the money, Pittsburgh, because the money machine is clickety-clacking down at PPG Paints Arena with the Yager merch available for consumption. Is Mario going to be there? Uh, I have not been able to confirm that. I asked a couple people, and everybody seems to think that they will find a way to make that happen. And, um, you know, Mario is such a class act, and you know as well as I that he tends to do the perceived quote-unquote right thing, and him being there would be the right thing, but he also wouldn't want to steal that spotlight because he's 
kind of wanted to shy away from that. But I would totally expect Big 66 to be in the house, at least for an appearance, as well as other assorted special guests, friends, and maybe even some foes. You never know. But I think Mario will be there. Yeah, I think it actually creates spotlight away from Yager if he's not there. Yeah, it would be a, why is Mario not here? And uh, there must yeah. be some sort of, it would feed into all the controversy, um, you know, that, that has been going on when people are saying, you know, the FSG stuff, et cetera. And I, people I've asked about this, though, seem to think it, if there were going to be any contention with um, him coming here, it would come down to stuff that was purely between Mario and Yags, et cetera, over the years and, and those kinds of things more so than anything FSG could say or do. So I think that that would be water under the bridge and Mario would uh, take this as an opportunity to, um, you know, swing into town. And that's not too far removed from the time that they tend to do his fantasy camp, which I was told they will be doing again this year. I don't have the dates, but it wouldn't shock me if they planned it in and around knowing Mario would already be here to make it a little bit easier to grease those those gears. Maybe Yager can take part in the fantasy camp. My God, wouldn't that be something? And I would love that because I do some work for it, and I, that would be fun to see. <laughs> Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network.